Hey, potential podcast listeners, let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in discreet packaging. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. These results are reviewed by a clinician, and a member of the Let's Get Checked nursing team may call you to review your results. And Let's Get Checked laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So, if you want to avoid an uncomfortable office visit or prefer the convenience and get tested at home, visit trylgc.com potential and get 25% off your test using code POTENTIAL25. Once again, that's 25% off your test by going to trylgc.com potential using the promo code POTENTIAL25. Take charge of your physical health and well-being, and let's get checked. Hey, potential podcast listeners. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, then our sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You can talk to your therapist in a private, safe, online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise with BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. All you do is simply fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in just under 48 hours. After that, you can schedule secure video and phone sessions, plus you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. Join the over 3 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Our listeners will get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash potential. That's betterhelp.com slash potential. Once again, that's 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash potential. Take charge of your mental health with BetterHelp. And remember, know your potential. Talking all things entertainment, pop culture, and nerdum, this is The Potential Podcast. Welcome back to the Potential Podcast with me, your host, Taylor Sokol, and joined by my co-host and uh, pal from the future, Chris Dewar. Uh, It's been uh, very exciting now. We are our second episode. We are back with season two, and uh, boy, uh, lots of changes are coming. Some good news coming our way uh, for the future. We're here, for those of you who don't know or fresher, we're in the U.S. A lot of changes are afoot, and of course, spring is on its way. The weather's getting warmer. I, of course... I'm in Pennsylvania. Chris has been spoiled with wonderful weather, so I'm not going to ask him. <laughs> but it's good. How you doing, Chris? Doing well. Yeah, I'm very, uh, very thrilled to be seeing these updates about these vaccines going out. And, you know, if you 
few weeks ago, we were told that everyone in the uh, United States, at least, would be vaccinated by end of July. Now it's been bumped up to end of May. So that's very exciting to think that at least this first major round of protective, uh, you know, a protective shield for the people will be fairly soon up before the summer, which I think is be exciting because I feel like last year, although there was still some fun ways to enjoy summer, uh, I think that'd be a major thing for people to enjoy with the warm weather. Um, I don't think it'll be, you know, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be 100% back to where it was, but we're even seeing things like movie theaters are starting to pick back up in certain states. Uh, most notably, I did see that uh, New York is getting movie theaters back this Friday, which is exciting because, you know, that's a, especially New York City being a big city, uh, you know, that's a major spot for movies. And here in California, uh, desperately wanting those theaters back open because, again, there's nothing like seeing movies for the first time on the big screen uh smell that popcorn and see those trailers we've had at least the cool thing about california i've, I've got to enjoy a very select time so far and i kind of want to do it more because it is kind of nostalgia feeling there has been a lot of drive-in theaters back open uh so it's safely you know you're just stuck to your car and you can only go out with a mask and stuff so like there's been that experience which of course i remember going to the drive-in theater when i was a kid mm-hmm. watching the double features it was always really fun so it's kind of you know, cool to see that still being popular right now. Is that's the only option to go see movies in theaters. But uh, this is an exciting month, March. We got a lot of big things coming up. I mean, we got the WandaVision finale this week. We got Falcon Winter Soldier coming up. We have the long-awaited Snyder Cut of Justice League. And uh, by the end of the month, we have two major titans fighting it out, Godzilla and Kong. So uh, a lot to look forward to this month. I'm sure there's other things that are going to pop up here and there. Uh, But uh, Taylor, you mentioned uh, from the future, but also we're taking a look back to the past. Today, we're going to talk about one of the most successful and, you know, long lasting sci-fi franchises. And that is, of course, of the Terminator. Yes. Uh, this franchise has, you know, lasted quite a while. Uh, not to say that everything's been uh, the, the same quality uh, in all iterations. I mean, I mean but, that's, with all, you know. that's with all franchises. There's some uh, hiccups along the way, but the legacy itself, you're right, has been, has endured and people still keep coming back to it. Yeah, it's, I mean, six films now, a TV series, theme park attractions, video games, arcade games, uh, merchandise galore. This thing has uh, lasted quite a while. And I have a feeling that uh, we will still see some more of the Terminator down into the future. Uh, Now, going back into the past a bit here, do you have your, uh, before we kind of go into some of the movies and our own, you know, take on some of the lore, do you have any early memories of the Terminator franchise? Uh, maybe the first movie you saw of the franchise or any early memories? Well, I had seen the first two um, much later, or like early in my youth, of course. Um, the first two came out when before I was born and, and right when I was young. So my, my dad was the, the first influence of me to, to get me into those films. And of course, all of them, you know, not in the theater, but I was like, oh, man, this is just so cool and i and i you know you hear about it like i think it's just part of the the legacy and the 
and the pop culture and the lexicon, you know, I'll be back. And so I always knew about it. And then actually seeing those movies just kind of blew me away. And I'd seen those around the same time that I'd seen uh, Star Wars and Terminator. I mean, those definitely were, and still to this day, some of my favorite sci-fi franchises. But I saw the first two, and then I wouldn't have seen a movie in, in theaters until I saw uh, T3. But uh-huh. yeah, when I first saw the, the Terminator, I was like blown away. I'm like, it was just something about it just so, because it was an 80s film, very 80s feel, but it's something about it just so gritty and raw. And a lot of the first one is more horrific. There's more, a little bit of more of the horror elements, and it's more of a thriller because it is all about the chase and um, the music and a bit of the grotesque and that, that scary image of the skeleton of the Terminator is just like so iconic, kind of just burning your brain. So it definitely. It's on the edge of your seat. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, what about you? For me, I'm I'm a little backwards in some of this, uh, <laughs> as I just watched last week for the first time the original Terminator film. I had never seen the first film. I'd seen clips, you know. You you, you can't you can't go through different documentaries and uh, different you know types of things on YouTube without at least seeing some clips from the original. But the first one I ever saw was Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Uh, I feel like we had had it on maybe a VHS copy or something along the way like that. But I remember seeing that was the first one I saw sometime in my youth. And um, yeah, it still embeds in my brain just because it is uh, such a well-done film and a very rare uh, time when the sequel is if not as good, better than the original. Um, but just like you, yeah, since T3, T3 on, I saw each of the films in their original theatrical run. So, you know, I've seen uh, all of them. And it's, it's interesting to think how long this franchise has lasted in terms of, you know, the first film, 1984. And we just had our last uh, iteration in 2019 with Dark Fate. So uh, I definitely have memories of that. And then, uh, going a little bit about theme parks, um, I remember for years enjoying the Terminator 3D somewhat, you know, attraction. It was like a 3D film with a couple live actors in it, stunt show kind of thing uh, at Universal Studios. And that was that was so cool because, you know, with 3D film, especially in that era of like the 90s, uh, it was it was always so cool when you'd see like, you know, the Terminator hand coming at you or the T-1000, like his, you know, metallic head would like come towards you, you know, with the 3D glasses, you always, as a kid, you always, you're always reaching out, trying to touch it. Of course, there's nothing there. Uh, but it was such a smart way to really use the Terminator 2 movie to make this really cool attraction that lasted quite a long time. Yeah. And they had, and having the original cast uh, from, yeah. from the T2, which is awesome and bringing them all that back. And it had the right amount of cheese, but yeah, what a show. Um, and I just recently, because we were, we were going back and revisiting these films, this franchise, I went and, you know, saw it on YouTube. Uh, they have, like, kind of a completed thing of, you know, it's fan recorded and, you know, illegal. But uh, it was just kind of fun to bring that memory back. And that was actually my first time in Universal years ago. That was one of the first attractions I actually saw. So it's kind of cool that you brought that up. Yeah, very cool. Well, let's go back and let's kind of go. We're not really going to do a major plot breakdown because. No, but we're going to bring some fun, fun facts. And if you haven't seen the series, <laughs> where have you been? Yeah, I mean, it, I, I would say it's pretty hard if you've not seen at least one of these films. I mean, if you're just not into sci-fi, I can understand. But 
uh, it is such a big part of pop culture. And these movies, although there is, I feel like if you're a fan of sci-fi, if you're a fan of horror, if you're a fan of action, if you're a fan of comedy, there's something for everybody in these films, especially once we kind of go from T2 on, uh, they like to turn up a lot of that. And, you know, Arnold is really the star player of this franchise. I mean, this is one of his biggest roles and it shows. Yeah, and it built, and it built his legacy I mean, well into his political career. You know, he, he was the governor. The... <laughs> he was my governor of California for eight years. And yes, we referred to him as the governor. Uh, and actually, you know what? Even nowadays, hearing him still be very uh, active talking about politics, even though now he's back to doing films and stuff, it just shows that, like, you know, this interesting man that came from Austria that a lot of people maybe not know his background, uh, you know, he's had to work really hard to get where he is, and not only as a movie star, but just as a celebrity profile. There's a beautiful story of rags to riches, and he really, I mean, he self-made himself, you're right. And, I mean, uh, no matter what, I mean, Terminator and Arnold are pretty much synonymous. And it's kind of like, I mean, he's the face of the franchise, the franchise is the face of him. So no matter what he does, it, it is a really awesome legacy that he's been a part of. And he keeps coming back. And the whole, the whole line that's been iconic, you know, I'll be back. is just, it's just perfect. Oh, yeah. Okay, so going back to, to original Terminator, something I think is so cool about this franchise is it's a very amazing like well done premise this is one of those premises that you kind of go oh that sounds so cool to think of this future battle of the remaining human resistance against this army of robots and machines and the the kind of mind of this computer understanding that maybe the best bet is to go send something back in time to destroy the original source it's going to eventually rise to destroy us in the future. It's one of those kind of like mind melting, like your brain almost explodes a little bit. Like, wait, what? Like well, thinking about. And it's also crazy thinking, this is 1984. This concept was in works for a while. Mm -hmm. um, the original source material that this is ahead of its time thinking about the fear of technology. You know, so yeah. many of these futuristic films were scary about, you know, aliens and, and monsters or something coming to earth, but we are the, we are the threat. You know, we create something to help us. And, it uh, ends up being our downfall. And so uh, it's also just, this film was just a great idea with the whole time travel concept, but that fear of the unknown of what the future could create um, is, is very scary. And the fact that uh, computers and AI are, are becoming more and more thing. It's, it, you know, the few, the predictions becoming more reality, at least in terms of what technology can bring, just scary. It is scary. And, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing a full, robots being made now that can do a lot of things and it just, just the, the first movie it is cheesy it is 80s uh but it does have that horror element and the the great thing i think was so smart was not that you know we've seen arnold talk plenty in other movies but one of the smartest things is that he doesn't talk a lot he is just this killing machine on this rampage and him you know trying to track down uh you know Linda Hamilton's character and uh it's just it's like eerie and it's one of those movies where I feel like yeah you could remake it today with better CGI and better prosthetics and better makeup but you don't need to like Why would you want it's to? a solid action film it's got great actors I mean you got mm -hmm. of course Michael Bean in there 
playing Kyle Reese, uh, which is really cool. And this is that era too. You think about looking at James Cameron, you know, uh, also having the success of getting to do aliens, you know, in this decade. I mean, you think of that kind of, again, taking a movie franchise, you know, of course he didn't start alien, but uh, heightening it to make a really solid sequel. Uh, kind of cool that he really tackled these first two films. And I feel like a lot of people can look at Terminator 2 and go like, oh, but you, you kind of messed with the formula and now it's a little more cheese and a little more humor. But to me, Terminator 2 Judgment Day is the best example of outdoing the original source material to make a, a better film. And clearly, look at, it's like seven years later. That's kind of, I mean, nowadays we're kind of used to sometimes sequels taking a while. But back in that time, I feel like that was probably a huge deal to think that like, you know, seven years later, they were making a sequel to Terminator. And I don't know if, I don't know if the Terminator did super well in its original run, um, but Terminator 2 is just like the, one of the best action movies to this day. It still holds up. And actually a lot of the CGI, even though, yeah, some of it could be much better now. I mean, that movie is insane that's the first one i ever saw well and it's funny you say you funny you say about how well it did i mean when this the we look at this now like oh it's another one of those things but at, at the time like the the orion pictures who did this they didn't have a lot of faith in the movie they thought i was going to do horrible which is just funny to think like it's such a great concept but the original terminator cost 6.4 million to make which you look at movies today that is chump change yeah uh and it made 78.3 million box office so it did very well, you know, uh, not surprising. And now Terminator 2, seven years later, the budget was roughly around 100 million and it made 520 million. <laughs> so you just see how like clearly just a, a step up in budget, which of course CGI was starting to get a lot better and it's a longer movie. They increase the story. They're kind of playing at the idea of now something that I've always thought was kind of neat about these movies and something I think we'll get to with the later films is if Skynet keeps seeing that them sending something back ends up not working, why don't they just keep sending more? Like, you know, the whole concept of like, like every single time it's always one bad Terminator sent and then one good Terminator, you know, usually Arnold uh, is just kind of, you know, look at the formula and go, why didn't Skynet just learn to, you know, send more than one? It never happens. It's just, that's just how, I guess maybe they can only afford one time travel uh, per movie, yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. But um, you could see how this franchise clearly was increasing in popularity and also in box office revenue. So it's not surprising why they continue to make these movies. Uh, now, another thing about T2 that I think was just so cool, Robert Patrick. Yeah. Robert Patrick playing the T-1000, this newer model of the Terminator. Arnold, of course, being the kind of OG model. Uh, again, now he's the villain of T-2, and he has very few lines. He does so much with just his face to be this hunting machine. And the physicality. Yeah. And the physicality. And then not to mention the, you know, still holds up all the CGI work with the, the metallic, the liquid metal aspects. And what a cool, like, even that, thinking of the first movie going, okay, this is a solid machine that has skin around it. Okay, we can kind of deal with that. Now we're seeing the concept of, oh, they're, they're getting smarter. 
Now the new one can be shot multiple times, but it doesn't die. It just kind of forms in a liquid metal, then can form back together. That was like so cool. And it's so funny because I remember reading about the the analogy that okay, Arnold's like the Panzer tank, and <laughs> you've got or Patrick's like the Lamborghini, this like sleek model. And it was just such a you're right. It was such a great contrast, and what a good twist in the marketing because the first one we're thinking, oh Arnold again, it's another Terminator. That guy, Robert Patrick's the good one. Nope, actually. So that was the really good twist that they, you know, this is before internet where they were able to oh, yeah. get away with that. But you're absolutely right. I mean, that's Arnold's performance in this one. Again, just he changed. It was a great change to make him him like the, the, the father, the protector again, uh, having that role for him. And then Robert Patrick, but just, he just, he added just such a creepy, but like, uh, just how he was able to, you know, infiltrate in some of these great scenes where he's, you know, um, hi, you know, he's like, he's dressed as a police officer so he can infiltrate more. And it just, Robert Patrick, he's done so much going forward, but that's just still one of his defining roles that, and <laughs> we talked one about. The, one of the best, one of the yeah. best villains, I think, in movie history, hands down. Just, I'll never forget that performance. And of all the Terminator movies, he still stands out as the best villain performance yeah. uh for terminator i think edward furlong and and arnold you know combined there's a lot of heart there and they had elements of that in the original with sarah connor getting to know kyle reese but this one really took it up a notch and so that's why i think t2 was a really a, a great combo of it, it's still sci-fi there's definitely a lot of horror the t1000 kills so many people in very grotesque oh ways. yeah i mean he's got these like knives for hands and it's and i like, love that oh i love the scene also when he comes up from the ground and mm -hmm. i love the actor because they're really twins in real life that they the kind of the oh that's the, cool the schlubby uh, uh security guard uh yeah he, he's like in everything from good morning vietnam and all that but i love when he's just like looking at him and poking you with my finger and then the milk uh, drops and then of course yeah it just the, they were got so creative but like to think about how that technology but and then you're right, though, with Linda Hamilton, her character, what an arc, though, going into T2, where she's like, just she's the she's a mental patient and she's like, she knows the truth and her estranged relationship with her son. And I love that building that back up, like, you know, my, my mom is right. This is real. You know, the Terminator. So it, it's a great family dynamic. You know, yeah. it is a lot of heart. There's a, there's more humor, obviously, and there's still a bit of that horrific, but there's a lot more heart to that film. And also I liked the, I liked the element of, you know, this is something that comes up in almost every movie, uh, humans continuing to make the same mistake over and over and again. History repeats uh, itself. History repeats itself. And one of those things like, is the future set? We kind of get the idea that it always is set, uh, no matter what you do to change it. The idea that the Terminator, you know, in the first film is destroyed by this machine crusher and all that's left is the computer chip and its arm. And now Cyberdyne has taken that to try to, and they're about to do all this stuff to essentially get Skynet yeah, now, going. Now it's, adva it's advanced them by years, for years. <laughs> and it's like, you know, them having to come up to that uh, scientist guy and be like, uh yeah this is the reality and i love that scene when uh they're like show him and arnold just cuts his skin off his arm and then reveals the you know terminator hand the guy's just like horrified and realizing oh my gosh it's real and everything i've worked for 
could lead to the death of over 3 billion people. I mean, I think it'd make you sick too, but yeah. I love that concept. Again, it's now it's like, no matter what the people do in our current time, or no matter what is being sent from the future back, is this inevitable? You know, is this, and this is what kind of is neat is going into T3. This was the biggest break between films. This was 12 years, mm -hmm. which I mean, again, look at today. We're getting a lot of these TV shows and movies getting, you know, re-releases. Re yeah, what, whether it's fantasy or something. I mean, like Anything. Blade Runner, comedies like Dumb yeah. and Dumber. There is this big gap, but um, I mean, for such a big, was so successful that T2 was, it's amazing that a third one didn't come out. But I know there was a lot of struggle because I know Cameron at the time wanted to make a third one, but they there was a lot of push and pull with that. And it's amazing it took that long, it did. Yeah, so Cameron was not involved with the next couple of films. He doesn't really come back until Dark Fate. But uh, T3, Rise of the Machines. First Terminator, for sure, you and I would have seen in theaters. Uh, I actually think I have memories of seeing this in Phoenix, apparently. Uh, mm. I think I was on a vacation. I, I can remember seeing this film. T3, by all means, is not a bad film. Uh, it's just kind of a solid action film. Uh, Arnold, of course, is the better part of the film. And this is when they start to be like, okay, we got to take the villain concept from the first movie. And we want to start to now make it a little crazier, a little more evolved, uh, which, I mean, is fine. This is where we get the, the very attractive uh, Kristana Loken, who is this new Terminator, the TX, who, uh, <laughs> who uh, has this kind of like, you know, cannon arm and she's... Uh, you know, she's on the hunt to kill now John Connor, who's, uh, what, 20 or so, I would say. He's yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's much older and he's been living off the grid. With and... Uh, him and Kate Brewster, who uh, eventually will be his wife in the war to come. And they're kind of two figureheads. So now it's kind of like our Judgment Day was saved. But has it really been saved? Because now yeah. it's like, all right, now we're like more in what a, whatever year it's supposed to be, like 2005, 2000, whatever it's supposed to be. And so now it's like this, this Terminator has been sent to kill them. And Arnold has to come back, of course, to protect them. And, you know, there's some great action sequences in this movie. I think that that chase where the, the Terminator, the TX has that, that big kind of truck with the crane. Oh, yeah. Uh, all that is a really good chase scene. And, and I, I like that this movie really introduces later in the film the start of some of these machines that we kind of are famous. You know, something that James Cameron did really well in those first two films is showing those battle scenes during the war with these big machines, especially in 1984, him already having the concept of like the flying machine and that giant kind of robot tank, you know, kill, you know, with, and I love the, the image of the tank rolling over a bunch of skulls, you know, it's very creepy. And, 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 dark. and that, that iconic image in T2 where in the very beginning, you just all of a sudden see a skull and then the t Terminator just crushes yeah. with his foot. Boosh. It was like uh -huh. just these very scary images of like, this is like, this is what an apocalyptic future could be. And it just, that pretty much set the stage for, if you think of that, you think of Terminators taking over. Oh yeah. But this, this, you know, T3, it's, it's, it's nothing like, uh, something where it's like jaw dropping, but the movie concludes with judgment day still happening. You know, it's kind of like, it's inevitable. Once again, it's like, no matter what it was going to happen. I like that there was this kind of element of, 
John Connor, he kind of understands as the film goes along that, uh, you know, he, how can I be this famous, you know, uh, general that's going to lead, you know, he's, he's very like, I'm not, you're not your guy, you know, like, there's no way I'm the person. And by the end of the film, he kind of realizes like, this is, this is my path. Like this, this has happened. Machines are alive. The nukes have gone off. Uh, Skynet happened. I, and which I thought was a great way to lead in to salvation, which was still years later. Uh, that was six years later, but, um, T3, I mean, it's got some fun stuff. And really, so far, the timeline has still fit. Now, T1, T2, T3, these three movies that branched, you know, from 1984 to 2003, so almost two decades to get through these three, um, they all still work in the same timeline. They make sense. And even actually, you know what, I would say uh, Nick Stahl kind of looks like an older Edward Furlong. I thought that was like good casting. It uh, made sense. So we get these three films and uh, we're going to get now to more of the modern films, four, five, and six, uh, which again, to think how long this franchise has lasted. So we'll be back with four, five, and six and more Terminator talk after this. Um, I guess you could say, we'll be back. Are you tired of pesky pests? Can't seem to take control of those crazy critters? Well, we have a new service just for you. And we have a special guest to tell you all about it. Look at me, I'm back, baby. I'm here to tell you of a very exciting new service I'm providing just for you and your family. If you're looking for a reliable professional and affordable pest control, you don't have to look to the future. It's me, I'm right here. I'm an exterminator. Get it? <laughs> it's great, right? I made it up myself. I'm so clever. Whether it's ants, roaches, or rodents, I can do it all. So say hasta la vista, baby, to those pests, because they will be terminated. So choose me if you want to live a pest-free future. Call 1-800-I-AM-BACK. That's right. That's 1-800-I-AM-BACK. So call now. Do it. Do it now. So call 1-800-I-AM-BACK. That's 1-800-I-AM-BACK. The Exterminator, for all your extermination needs. Terminator audition tapes. Christopher Walken, reading for The Terminator. Wow, I need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. Of course, I'm a, I'm a Terminator. What is a Terminator? Sounds crazy. Jimmy Stewart, reading for The T-1000. Well, uh, hello there. Uh, I'm looking for John Connor. Uh, have you seen this boy? Well, uh, uh, no, I just need to ask him a few questions. My purpose, well, it's fascinating, is to, to kill him. Jay Baruchel, reading for John Connor. Yeah, Jay Baruchel here. Uh, I'm John Connor, and uh, my, my mother's a little nuts. Yeah, so you're like from uh, uh, the future uh, where there's robots and uh, all these crazy things here. Oh, oh, wow. You're a Terminator. So cool, man. John Travolta reading for The Terminator. <laughs> hey, man, I'm cool. <laughs> no, look, like, I'm like a protector now. Yeah, so, you dig? I'm just gonna, mm, come on, I'll be back. <laughs> That's the line, isn't it? <laughs> 
Haiku. Yeah. Ronnie Dangerfield reading for Kyle Reese. Hey, let me tell you, oh, saving the world ain't pretty. Oh, I tell you, I have no respect. No respect at all. Seth Rogen for The Terminator. Uh, you know, sir, I'm, uh, I'm from the future, and, uh, you know, uh, just here to protect you. Uh, yeah, come with me if you want to live. Nicholas Cage, reading for Kyle Reese. Listen to me, Sarah. There is a machine called the Terminator, and it's coming for you. But also, I'm sort of like your baby daddy. Matthew McConaughey, reading for the T-1000. Oh, this is uh, Matthew McConaughey here. Just a little, uh, little audition here. Uh, so what I'm going to do is uh, I'm the T-1000. I'm a Terminator. So uh, it's just, oh, great. All right, all right, all right. I'm looking for, uh, have you seen this boy? Is this right here? It's Polaroid. Have you seen him? He's a little bit bigger than this photo, but uh, he looks like this. William Shatner for John Connor. What you're telling me is that there's going to be some machine hunting me down when I'm of age. Well, I'm meant to be the leader of the resistance here in the future against Skynet, against the machines. Can I do it? Can I do it? I just don't have the possibilities. I'm only... One man. All right, folks, we're back talking more about The Terminator. Now we're going to Terminator Salvation. This came out in 2009, directed by Mick G, who, of course, did the Charlie Angel films. This film, to me, is underrated in my mind. I think this is the, the, one of my favorites because it's a, not the same formula. This is the first film we're getting set in the actual war after Judgment Day, do you like what? Where do you where do you rank with Terminator Salvation? This was well. This was the film that I've been waiting for. I mean, my dad got me into the series, so I kept saying, "Oh, like this one's gonna be great because this is gonna be the future, and finally we're gonna get to that." And my my whole idea was, okay, these are if you kind of want to call the first three maybe a pseudo trilogy, this would lead into another three films because mm-hmm. we've had hints and teases of what the future is like. This one. I think definitely underrated. It definitely changes the whole formula that been established in the first three. And yeah, I think it is very underrated. I think the performances were fantastic. I thought the visuals are great. And I thought it was definitely very gritty, very dirty, um, almost kind of what it could have been like set during the eighties and how, how it was filmed and the, the color scheme. But yeah, I, I think this is definitely one of the top Terminator films. So I feel like if you really paid attention to the first three films and you really were invested in the lore, you had to understand that, okay, at some point, Judgment Day is going to happen. Now the world's going to be mostly destroyed. There's still going to be a resistance of humans. I mean, you know, looking at the world right now, we have roughly close to 8 billion people on this planet. So even if half are destroyed, there's still quite a lot. I don't think, I think it's maybe more would have been destroyed. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's a good amount in certain areas that are resisting against the machines. Machines are still trying to track down and kill all humans naturally. But you have to think, okay, at some point, John Connor has to become the leader of the resistance. He has to find Kyle Reese. He can't tell Kyle Reese that he's his son. And eventually they have to find some kind of time machine to send Kyle Reese back. Uh, so therefore that Kyle Reese could have sex with his mom and then and make him. You know, it's, it's be a, his father, it's, yeah. That, and again, weird... that, that, that whole weird thing, again, just to briefly say, the paradox of the whole time trial thing was... One of the best paradoxes in films ever. 
yeah. the fact that like he is his uh his partner and his you know his he send he makes himself you know <laughs> it's a uh, well the thing think of like Kyle Reese having to go back into the past and convince this woman of who he is what her role is in the future of, of the survival of the human race and for them to kind of find somewhat of a romance to actually uh you know make john if you will it it is it's kind of like mind-blowing while also at the same time thinking that there's a time machine to send back this killing machine that eventually we have made you know it's like it's just like yeah you, we uh, could spend we could, you could spend too long to getting a headache think about it. <laughs> i'm losing it but salvation was cool salvation was uh we have christian bale now leading as john connor so of course he's much older and we have sam worthington who you know he's he's come up a lot in other films most notably avatar uh you know in the actually films. uh same year funny enough avatar would have come out this december of 2009 that is right he had a big year yeah. And that's you know, funny enough to think that he was in a Terminator movie and then James Cameron's new big project that, you know, now we're going to be getting four sequels as eventually, if they ever come out. They keep getting postponed. Well, we have grandkids, though. They'll yeah. Come out. I'm like, Avatar 2 was supposed to come out like years ago and it keeps being, it'll come out uh, two years from now. But Sam Worthington, this unique character where he's kind of like half human, half robot. Um, this new version of a Terminator that his thing is uh, extraction in a way. Like, you know, he doesn't realize throughout the whole movie that his purpose was to get John Connor to Skynet so that they could kill him. And he doesn't realize it till the end. But I love that he is a, a, a character that throughout the film has still like a conscience. Like he understands his human side is still very present. And so, you know, in the end, he's like, screw you guys, takes out this, you know, kind of tracking chip. And he's like, I'm going to fight. And, you know, which that was cool. And there's a lot of cool machines in this movie. Uh, I love that kind of snake worm like one is very creepy. Oh, it's yeah. It, you know, it's it's kind of a horrific version of the uh, the water, um, the water snakes from uh, Princess Bride, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, like the um, eels. And I wanted to say about that, what I love about the film it is in the future, but as you notice, everything's still very rudimentary. They don't mm -hmm. have plasma rifles. Um, no. And, and like even the, the ones we've seen from other films, they're very new prototype versions. So I like that the fact that, okay, why don't we get in the plasma rifles? That's going to come eventually. But it's all still like... Also, what's the, 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 the T-600s that are like, they're very bulky looking Terminators yeah, that yeah, have very, like a giant battling <laughs> gun, the looking, gun. Yeah. But they can't move very well, so clearly, you know, the next level would be the T-800, which is the Arnold model. Um, so, that yeah, and even, like, they have, like, that giant, which alludes a lot to the imagery from the first few films uh, in the war setting. There's, like, that giant, giant robot. It kind of reminds me of, like, War of the World style when it's snatching yeah. humans and everything. And it's got arms and it's got huge cannons. So there's a lot of enemies they have to fight. And, yeah, they are, they are just, they're dealing with what they have available. Um, and it's kind of neat that there's also like in this film, you could see that it was a setup to a trilogy. There's not a lot of trust in uh, John Connor. So 
He's not uh, this this great war leader yet. He uh, all these he's got his own following, but as you see, he's he's under other leadership, and they're like, "Khan, are you? You're not the leader here." You know, all these guys are like, "Whatever, you don't know what you're talking about." Of course, he knows what's supposed to come, but again, with this whole thing with time travel, there's still stuff he he is yet to know because, of course, it's screwy. But yeah, he's still very green as a leader. Yeah, and we have to make a little uh, shout out to. Anton, who uh, plays Kyle Reese in this film, if you didn't see this film, uh, you might have noticed him in Star Trek. Uh, he's been in, he was in quite a few things, but he had a very unfortunate passing with the uh, terrible car incident. But um, he's great in this movie as Kyle Reese. And I like that he already has this kind of gung-ho mentality to do what he must for the survival of, you know, humans. And him kind of have, having to start to learn that maybe he has a, a bigger picture to play. I could have seen this film being a three-part where, uh, you know, by the third film is Kyle Reese being sent back in time. You know, I could see that have been, and, and eventually John Connor dying because we even learned that at one point, uh, I think it was in T3, uh, you know, the Arnold robot says, I killed John Connor. You know, yeah. so that was kind of, uh, you know, all these kind of like, whoa. And actually, one of the coolest moments I love with the con continuity from the very first film, we always know that John Connor has these like scars on his face from some kind of attack. I love that in Salvation, it is this, uh, you know, we do get this CGI version of Arnold for a few shots, which looks pretty decent. I mean, it's not for the, t for the, the time. For the time, it was really cool. And obviously, he couldn't film the movie because he was the governor. Um, but I love that in that whole chase scene, which by the way, there's always like a chase scene at the end, like a boiler room or some kind of, it's always some kind of, you know, I'm like, how do they keep finding these boiler rooms? Uh, these like, you know, underground places. Next thing you know, Freddy Krueger is going to pop up. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> Hello, John. <laughs> that moment when John Connor, he shoots a thing so that a bunch of lava falls on the Terminator. And then he shoots like a pipe and then a bunch of cool air. So like it freezes, but before it can fully freeze, it scratches his face to make those scars. I was like, that was really cool. I was like, that's a great way to, to show how did he get those scars? You know, yeah. you want to know how I got these scars? It was a Terminator. My father was a Terminator. Uh, my father was a governor. Uh, so <laughs> My father uh, was a time traveler. <laughs> so this is where it gets to an interesting place. We have Terminator Salvation. 2009 looked to be oh is this gonna be a start of a trilogy we never got anything else with salvation that the plans for any kind of further films for that just all went away then six years later we get a new take terminator genesis came out in 2015 and this movie although it has some cool moments in it is the movie that I think where they take a franchise and they go too bonkers with it. Uh, and also there are certain posters that give away the film, which I think was a huge flaw. Um, do you have any remember, you know, memories of seeing Genesis? I mean, I, I know we, we kind of just rewatched all these films for this episode, but uh, I just remember Genesis being like, why, why did they turn John Connor into like this weird new version of a terminator well the funny thing was i see the trailer and i'm already like what the heck is going on it just i saw this and i'm thinking this is just bonkers 
nuts. And I'm like, they're just throwing everything but the kitchen sink. And I wouldn't see end up seeing this in theaters. I saw this like directed, not directed, I saw it in DVD or whatever. But yeah, it was just like really weird. I was like, they're... I, I think I understood like what they were trying to do. Like, okay, let's just, let's just scrap and let's just try something new. But just cause you can do something doesn't mean you should. And I think this just kind of radically, you know, um, if Jeff Goldblum was here, he would agree. Yeah. Um, if it, it, it just radically did everything like weird. And I was like, well, wait, okay. And it just, I think the fact that when you reboot something, it's fine. But when you completely like you, you're still like referencing other stuff, but almost like completely ignoring it. And it kind of like really discredits the work it did. Like the first two did a great job setting up a really great premise, a really great in universe. And then this kind of was like, well, forget all that. Um, forget even Terminator One. This is you know the new thing. And yeah, it was just really weird the whole thing that John Connor becomes evil. And I mean, again, this film, the highlight again is Arnold Schwarzenegger. So that was kind of like the saving grace for this film for me. Um, but the casting was a little weird too. I wasn't like you know, I, I just yeah, I, I wasn't a huge fan of it, and I was glad I didn't waste my time seeing this in theaters. I'll just say that much. I saw this in Macau in theaters, and you know it's a Terminator movie, so you're excited and you want to you know see it on the big screen. You know it's going to be a lot of action, and I think the trailer did a good job to to entice. I mean, I always remember the shot in the trailer where. It's the helicopter chasing, which is a, a strong part of the movie. And uh, they're like, can you go destroy the helicopter? And Arnold goes, I'll be back. And then he just jumps out of the helicopter to crash into it. Um, but I see, I could see where they were thinking. They were thinking, what if, what if, you know, it's the future. This is the scene that, you know, people have been waiting for is having Kyle Reese be sent back in time. We're actually seeing that process happen. Uh, them finding a time machine to use. Uh, Kyle Reese it's a little change in that John Connor kind of saved him as a kid so he's kind of been like looking up to him as a hero anyway he's like a father figure to his father Father figure <laughs> yeah which is really odd uh, and it's also I like the other thing that was odd about this movie is them kind of having Kyle Reese like him know that he had a life prior to Judgment Day and then like the kind of twist that like the end he has to tell his younger version of himself to remember that this kind of like Apple product Genesis is going to come out and that Skynet. And like, like, again, it's like that weird full circle, like, okay. The thing I think was the flaw was I think Matt Smith's a great actor. I think it was really weird to have Skynet be somewhat of like a presence. Like Skynet was like a Terminator now or something like, or he was some kind of soldier and then they they experiment on John and make him this new form of a Terminator where it's not so much the liquid metal. It's now like he can turn into like metal ash and it doesn't. It, it, really, it, the whole nanotechnology was yeah. the thing. Yeah. And the fact that now it rendered John Connor's character obsolete by the end of it, like, well, we're uh, maybe we're not going to hook up now <laughs> because we're going to have him and then he becomes evil. So. And also the fact that they have a T-1000 in it, and it takes it way, it's way too easy to kill the T-1000. Yeah, so I have to, I have to give a shout out to, I hope to say this right, Byung-Hun Lee plays the T-1000 for about 10 minutes in this movie. I thought that was a waste. No one's going to outdo what Robert Patrick did, but it was cool to see 
another T-1000, especially now with CGI being better. There's something more they can do. And it just, he doesn't get a lot to do in the film. It's kind of a throwaway character. Uh, clearly they were trying to make it that John Connor is the big bad of this film. And yeah, it's just, it, it kind of was a mess. Uh, a character though I did really like and appreciate because it was fun is uh, J.K. Simmons, who's always great and everything. Him being the older version of this cop that saw these events back in time. And to think that's kind of cool because it's kind of been like in this world. Well, he was more the psychiatrist, wasn't he? He was more like the the doctor. No, he was the cop. In the remember in the very beginning of the, the film, the they're they're in that scene when um they're in like in the shopping mall, whatever, and the T 1000s chasing them, and the one guy gets killed and he's like a cop. And then he goes crazy over time thinking like, no guys, there's, there's time travelers in this and no one believes. And they think he's a nut job. I'd like that because most of these movies, whenever these events happen, people just think it's some kind of weird phenomenon. They don't believe that there's a killing machine and that there's a future. He kind of is like a human that is kind of thinks that there's something more. And so when these people to think, you know, as a human waiting, maybe 30 years to, see these kind of people again and then realize that oh you're a time traveler aren't you like that was kind of cool but it just yeah it, it was kind of a mess of a movie and it and it it suits the 2010 movies where things are brought back and they're usually not very strong which actually will lead right into uh dark fate our last attempt at a terminator movie is really just t2 redone uh not very strongly in my opinion there's some cool action sequences with dark fate uh now we have this terminator that can go away from its terminator shell yeah it's it's like terminate the tx but it, it can be t1000 and the t800 together the rev 9 as it's called played by gabriel luna who uh plays that character and i actually agree with some i, I was reading some uh some reviews of this uh some people's beef with the movie is that he talks too much and I actually kind of agree with that is that he's, he, you know, something that again, Robert Patrick and even Arnold in the first movie, they don't talk a lot. Uh, they just have this presence. I feel like he was a little too much. And then also the, the only thing really of the movie that I remember being like, okay, this is stupid in my mind was that the Terminator would have settled down and had like family life. <laughs> Carl, he becomes Carl, and he does drapes. He does drapes, and I'm going, <laughs> I'm going. Okay, they have this cool scene, which again we've talked about. If if you fail once, you know, try, try again. If Skynet failed to kill John Connor, then they would have sent another Terminator. You know, they could have sent. You know, you look at that scene in Salvation. There's like 80 Arnolds hanging up, and it's just the first one comes out to fight. So clearly, they had plenty. And I'm sure they could send multiple back. So we have that kind of cool scene with the young CGI Arnold taking out a young CGI uh, Edward Furlong. And Which a is young... really, looks really good. Yeah. Now we're in this time period where uh, de-aging people is really, it looks pretty good. And we've seen that in a couple of movies now. Uh, I think the Irishman could have uh, taken a little, you know, learning from this because it didn't look that good. Um but you know so john connor's dead and this terminator has done his thing so now it's like he can't terminate himself that's a rule so it, it kind of makes sense it's like 
we can't time travel back. So well, now we, yeah, we never, yeah, we never saw that. Like, okay, what happens? They, that was never a question if you were interested. I was kind of interested. So what happens if the Terminator does his job? Succeeds. What does he do? Yeah. What, he just, you know. he just uh, sticks around <laughs> for a while, I guess. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was a weird thing to me. Um, and I felt like all the stuff with Linda Hamilton back, that was kind of more the big thing about this movie was that getting was her back. One of, one of the highlights of it, having her. She has some fun action moments, but I don't know. It just seemed I, I, I was really buying like her in this movie. And also what's her face? Um, Mackenzie Davis. Mackenzie Davis, you know, I think is a great actress, but the character, this new kind of version of a Terminator again, more kind of what Sam Worthington's supposed to be yeah, I'm in Salvation. Terminator. I'm enhanced. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, some good action, but this one did not do very well. Uh, this this had a budget of almost 200 million, about 185 to 196, only did about 261. So, uh, and the reviews were not very strong for this film. So this, and what's interesting is, Salvation, Genesis, Dark Fate, all had, you know, ideas to be a start of a new trilogy. And each one just hasn't done well enough to get that going, which is uh, surprising. So we keep getting these hacks at it and nothing's sticking. So do you feel that down the road there will be a new take at either a sequel or do you think we'll get a, a remake of the original? I think if they're smart, they'll not do either. But we know we're not. <laughs> History repeats itself. We've proved that in this uh -huh. franchise. I think that would be the best way to do it. And I think what Terminator Dark Fate was trying to do was kind of reboot in a new way. Um, but I think what would be smart is, okay, don't mess with the originals. Let's go back to trying to do a worthy futuristic trilogy and doing the War of the Machines. I think that would be cool. Um, but I feel like what's going to happen is they're going to try to create a whole new trilogy from the ground up. And I think that that's a mistake. But I've seen that again. We've seen like other franchises like Predator and Alien, what they're trying to do, and a little bit more of like past stuff. But I think that maybe that what they could do is maybe go back to the maybe the TV format. Because uh, mm -hmm. during this time, we, we didn't we didn't mention what we mentioned earlier was they had the Sarah Connor Chronicles, which I did watch at the time because that was at the time right before around T3 that I was like, this is really cool because it was kind of right. This is like a continuation of T2. And it had a really good concept um, kind of playing the long game. But uh, obviously, you know, it didn't. It only made you know, 31 episodes. And then, you know, despite, you know, f the fan... Um, pool wasn't as strong as it was on some shows these days, like where Netflix would pick it up in at the time or yeah. anything like that. So I think the TV format might be a way to go, especially with HBO or Netflix. I feel like that's the better way to go in, in terms of long game. Um, but who knows? I would like to see more, like maybe focus on the video game format because they're they've had some some somewhat success. Well, speaking of video games, I mean. You've had Terminator pop up in other franchises, like uh, most notably lately, Mortal Kombat. Uh, <laughs> you can play as as Arnold as the Terminator in those games, but there has been various Terminator games. I have fond memories of going to like arcades. Oh like, yeah, with going the, with to, the like, plasma uh, rifles ready to. And, fight you, in the and it, it would be like those classic games where 
you know, it's, it's all first person, the camera moves itself and there's robots coming at you, you know, the machines and you just have to keep finding them. And it, that was a cool arcade game. And uh, yeah, I mean, Terminator, I still think there's a lot of life in it. It just really depends on how they do it. And I do agree that video games could be a cool way, especially now that we have more of really strong graphics and also with the, the element of, uh, you know, putting on like the goggle kind of things and, you know, being like you, you really are in it. I think they could really well go yeah, further with that. With the you know? VR and also think about the compelling storytelling mm -hmm. we've seen, especially with a lot of these PS4 titles. Um, you think of like The Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima and some of these ones in the, um, there's some compelling storytelling and that's what's really setting apart video games. It's not just making a cool game, but making a game that you're invested in. And I think putting us in that these characters would be really cool. And I, I think what Alien like Isolation did for that franchise, I think that was really cool because it brought you back to the roots of the game, telling an original storyline mm -hmm. and not discrediting what that franchise has already done. I think that's what they should do. That could be the medium next would be the best way. So we will see what happens with Terminator. I don't think it's over. Uh, it's still been a franchise that finds ways to come back. I mean, it's its famous line, I'll be back. That's what, it, that's what the franchise keeps saying. So who knows what's going to happen with Terminator, but the legacy has been very strong. It's a huge thing of pop culture. That vision of, you know, that image of the machine itself is very iconic. And of course, Arnold, uh, it's one of his long-lasting best roles and uh, has really defined his career. So we'll see what happens with Terminator. Uh, but uh, next week, we'll be back with another holiday edition of the Potential Podcast. Taylor, you fancy a pint? Oh, certainly, Chris. I'm feeling a little bit lucky. And I make sure you wear a green if you're smart enough. Oh, sounds about right. <laughs> Stay tuned, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.